So for like the average person, are there any ingredients that if you look on a label on a protein, if you see it, you should definitely stay away from? I advise my clients to steer away from anything with added sugars. Mm. So you're looking for things like dextrose. If it ends with OSE, O-S-E, we steer clear of that. That's going to have an effect on your blood sugar. And there was this old theory that you had to have carbohydrates to spike insulin with mm. your protein so that your muscle cells would accept uh, delivery of amino acids and heal and like you'd have better recovery. But what we know now is that after a workout, your muscles are so insulin sensitive, they're so hungry, and you have also freed up glucose from your liver. So your glycogen is converted to glucose and dropped into your bloodstream for that workout. You do have the insulin that your body needs and your muscle cells are ready to accept amino acids. So there's no need to be adding carbohydrates and sugar to get this like major muscle pump. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage Podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and I want to wish everyone a happy new year and welcome to 2021. I know that 2020 was so stressful for so many reasons for so many people and just welcoming you into a new year and just knowing that there's a lot we can't control when it comes to the world. Um, but there is a lot that we can control. And one of those things that we can is our health, is our wellness. And so to kick off the new year and 2021, I wanted to release the episode uh, with somebody that I think is going to help you get started on that right foot uh, when it comes to your, your health and wellness. And let's face it, one of the struggles that so many people face is what diet to choose and what plan they should be following. And it gets to the point where it ends up stressing us out so much more than we need to because the diet becomes too strict or we're constantly worried about the foods we need to stay away from or deciding uh, what food to eat or if we're going to be able to stick to a plan and if you're one of those people, then this episode is definitely for you because you're going to learn so much from today's guest. And I think you're going to be really enlightened from her insight and the tips that she shares so that you will never have to diet again. And so my guest today is Kelly Levesque. And Kelly is a holistic nutritionist, a wellness expert, and a celebrity health coach and best-selling author of the books Body Love and Body Love Every Day and host of the Be Well by Kelly podcast and her deep desire to help her clients, her passion for human nutrition and her curiosity about how and why the body works drive Kelly to diligently study the latest research, evaluate competing theories and use this information to make individualized recommendations for her clients. Most importantly, Kelly's practical and always optimistic approach to nutrition and wellness helps her readers improve their health, achieve their goals, and develop sustainable habits to live healthy and balanced lives. And so in today's episode, we cover uh, topics such as Kelly's backstory and what drove her to become a nutritionist. We talk in depth about her Fab Four food plan and how it will help you never diet again. 
We talk about the story and how she began working with Jessica Alba. We discuss things like why your identity shouldn't be wrapped up in just your nutrition, how to eat healthy on the run, her tips for ingredients that you should stay away from, how she developed uh, the body love concept, and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Kelly Levesque to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, it's my pleasure. Yeah, and we were talking before the show, and it's really you know, inspiring for me when you see somebody in the field of nutrition, wellness, exercise, like you are, that has kind of like been able to kind of crack a code, if you will, in simplifying like nutrition for, for the common people. Because I think a lot of times people get so twisted in what's the next best diet? What's the next best fast? Should I do celery juice? Should I fast? Should I go keto? That like the, the basics don't change, right? Like we know that you got to eat good sources of protein, no matter where they're coming from. You got to eat good sources of carbs from vegetables and low glycemic foods. You got to eat good fats but we, we try to overcomplicate it. So before we get into all that, I know for you, a lot of people get into the health and fitness industry. They have some super crazy transformation, right? In their own health. And for me, like I was incarcerated when I started to take on a health journey. And I know for you, you kind of had a little transformation of your own. Like your dad was like in business and kind of like supported you and your family, like growing up. But when you're done college, like you're on your own, right? So Walk me through like what inspired you to kind of really take hold of like getting into such a massive competitive industry in health and fitness when at the end of the day, you also had to like think back and be like, all right, like if I don't make this work, like I'm screwed because I'm on my own. Yeah. So just to bring everybody up to speed, my dad is an entrepreneur and he has three daughters and I'm the oldest of those three daughters. And he was all about teaching us to be able to fend for ourselves. Mm -hmm. He was afraid of us relying on him or someone else. He really wanted us to be independent. He had really like limited rules. His rules were like, don't get pregnant before you're married. Don't do drugs and get yourself an education. It was like <laughs> simple enough. We're like, okay. And then he's like, when you graduate college, that's it. Like you have yeah. to have it figured out. So I went to USC and I was an undergrad in business like my dad. And, and then I took my science courses my junior year. I took major of human health and disease and biology. And I called him in tears that I needed to be pre-med and that I had chosen the wrong career. And I just followed it in his footsteps. And I didn't really think about what I wanted to do. And he was like, that's great, Kel. But if you want to pay for another extra year or two at USC, feel free. But in my opinion, I think you should try and pair the science with the business. So I ended up in an eight-year career in cancer and genetics and worked for big Fortune 500 companies like Johnson & Johnson and Hologic and Stryker. And, and I was always in cancer. The end of my career was really in the genetics of it. And so I spent so much of those eight years reading PubMed research and always went back to the nutrition, just was in love with it. And every year I think to myself, I'm too old to go back. I'm already 22. I'm already 24. I'm already 26. But my heart was always in the nutrition and it was what I spent my time like doing as a hobby was reading studies and understanding how does our body work? How do our hormones work? What's digestion like? What do we need from our food? And it, it was funny, like new diet books would come out. I'd read them. I still read all of them today, you know, and now they're more, people are more excited about the microbiome and genes mm -hmm. and all of these things. But like, we strip, 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 strip it all away. And we were getting the same diet 
over and over and over and over again. What is Weight Watchers? What is Lindora? What is South Beach? What is Atkins? What is Keto? Like, what is Whole30? I mean, pick one. And it's just, they're telling you to eat whole foods. They're telling you to get the essential nutrients that you need from your food. And I felt like the more people restricted and the more they tried to follow those diets, just like I did when I read those books at a younger age, the more it backfired and you ended up binging and quitting on yourself and it wasn't your diet. You weren't like deciding, I really love this food and it makes me feel good. And there was very little checking in with yourself. And so I just needed light structure, like a blueprint. So I ultimately decided to finally go back to school and take this job full time. And you're right. I mean, I jumped in when there was a lot of competition, but I did it out of passion and just excitement. And just, I was so thirsty for the knowledge and, and really excited to just like share tools with people. And it sort of took off. And because it was a side hustle, I didn't have the pressure of like, this has to make me money and this has to be huge. It was just like, hey, this is really fun. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing. Yeah. And I, I think, gosh, there's so much to kind of unpack from that. And I think the one of the things that I heard you say is like your career and what you've built today stemmed from your own failures and mistakes, like trying to diet and figure out what the next best thing was, right? Like I'm 32 now. So like when I started, when I got out of jail, you know, this is back in 2000, end of 2008, you know, early 2009 was when I really started getting more serious about fitness it was like the paleo diet was like the big thing back then. Right. And I remember that was like one of the first nutrition books I read. And I was like, Oh, this kind of makes sense. And then I got more into like, okay, I'm going to start cutting out all these foods. And then it was like, eh, like I got bored with this and I'm going to try something else. And really like you just to start to find out like the basics, the foundations don't change right in the paleo in whole 30, the ones that they're, they're telling you to eat like clean, real whole foods get enough fiber, eat your vegetables, eat, you know, fruit and in, in moderation, or if you have like any kind of like blood sugar, th things you need to be aware of. But we, we get, we get so confused by everything. It's almost paralysis by analysis, right? That we're always jumping to the next best thing that we end up stressing ourselves out, which then would creates more of like a insulin spike and weight gain. And then it pretty much like blocks us from doing the very thing we want to do, which is either lose weight, tone up, feel better about ourselves. So like I know from everything that you've kind of created, you've simplified it in the fab four, which correct me if I'm wrong, it's protein, fat, fiber, and, and greens, right? Like, yep. and how did that come about? Was it like an idea you just randomly had or were you just kind of like, you know what, I'm sick of all these diets. I'm just going to create something that's super simple and easy for people to understand. Well, it was actually like the convergence convergence of all the diets that I had read and all the science that I had, I, that I had read and all of, all of my education in school and post-grad work, it, looking at it, it's like you can't take away the fact that we need to get essential amino acids or proteins from right. our food. Whether you're raw vegan or carnivore, like you have to get amino acids from your food and they're the building blocks of every cell in your body. They make your hormones, your neurotransmitters. If you mm. want to feel energized and alive, prevent circumstances sarcopenia, like really just feel your best. Like you have to get that protein intake. And it's 
it's just the way it is. Like we are made of protein. And then when it comes to healthy fats, you have essential um, fatty acids as well. Those are your omegas. So you think about omega-3 being anti-inflammatory, phenomenal for brain health. And when you think about fat, fat is gives us the ability to absorb fat-soluble vitamins. And vitamin D is like a steroid in our body. Mm. Vitamin E is like an antioxidant in our body. And so you think about A, D, E, and K, these vitamins that are fat-soluble that really have so much more functional benefit than we even can imagine in our body. Like you want to prevent those deficiencies and fat helps you do that. And then the fiber and greens piece, like, yes, you can have people who tout a carnivore diet, tell you that there's no need for fiber in your diet at all. But when we really look at microbiome health and it being the first barrier of defense between the, what's considered the outside world, which is inside our colon and inside our body, which is passing through that epithelial lining, that microbiome is the first barrier of defense. And when we look at the health of microbiome and all the research that comes out of the Human Microbiome Project, it's telling us that a variety of, of plant-based foods, a variety of color, a, an increase in quantity, that's what keeps a really robust, thriving gut microbiome. And the byproducts of fermentation of fiber from our microbes like butyrate are anti-inflammatory to our brain. They're fuel for our epithelial cells, preventing leaky gut. There's just, there's so many benefits in, in metabolizing vitamins in our, in our microbiome as well, which is making B vitamins and vitamin K like available to us. So we are really just an ecosystem and I don't think that it's right to separate those two things. So when I'm talking about fiber and greens, it's exactly what you said. It's getting those non-starchy carbohydrate sources that give us water, vitamins, minerals, fiber, and really bulk up a meal so that we feel full and satisfied. They also do a great job elongating a blood sugar curve, making our meal last longer for us, stretching our stomach to regulate ghrelin, which is a really strong hunger hormone. So when I look back, like what was most important to me was not to be told, here's your PDF of what you can eat and what you can't eat. I was all about like, give me that checklist so I can feel really proud of myself when I get up from a meal, if I ate at a restaurant, if I ate in an airport, if I made dinner for myself and my family, it was like, what does my body need? And if I can get consistent about adding protein, fat, fiber, and greens to my plate, whether that's lettuce cup tacos or a salad with salmon or a burger, like... I'm going to feel good about myself getting up from this meal instead of bad about myself. And that is what creates consistency. And that's what I looked for for myself. I let's what I want for my clients. It's just, you pick these diets and they last two weeks, two months, and then you yo-yo up again. And then by the time you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, you don't have that mental stamina and energy to say like, I'm going to start another diet. It's like, hey, let's just get really excited about building a good relationship with food right now. And how do we do that? Well, it's not about perfection. It's literally about consistency. It's about habits. And it's about feeling good about yourself and confident about your food choices. Can't tell you how many times myself or a client has got up from a meal without the Fab Four and been like, oh, I should have ordered this and this. I shouldn't have had that. And then you beat yourself up and you go, well, we'll just get dessert and I'll start tomorrow. Like yeah. enough starting tomorrow. No, and consistency is everything. And the best plan you'll follow is the one you'll stick to, right? I mean, I think so many people, they, they get on Instagram or they get on Pinterest or wherever and they're seeing like, oh, this diet or celery juice will save your life or go keto. And they don't even understand that like that alone isn't going to save your life. The foundation is what's going to save your life. How you eat, 
99% of the time other than whatever else you're adding in to try to like have your magic pill, right? And what I what, what's very consistent in your message, whether it's on your site, your books, it's it's body love, right? And I think what I'm understanding, and I think this is really resonating with me too, is whenever you tell somebody you can't have something, it's almost like you're not loving yourself, you're shaming yourself. And it's like, when you tell yourself you can't have something, you're going to want it even more. So what I love about what you've done, even psychologically, is you've invited your clients, you've invited like the mainstream reader into what you can have. These are the fab four different areas. Here's what you can have. And that way, instead of, it's like adding value into your life with nutrition and not just like taking away stuff. And I think that's one of the biggest issues we see is all these restriction diets. And just the way the human mind is, is that when you restrict something, you're going to be like, all right, well, I can't have it. This must mean something's wrong with me or I'm fat or I'm this, I'm that. And while it might be some truth that we, somebody might need to lose weight or improve their body composition, like thinking that way about themselves all the time, isn't going to help. So where did the whole body love thing come from? Was that something that just came from like a, a missing component you saw in the nutrition industry? Was it something you struggled with? Like where'd that come from? Yeah, it really came from my practice and seeing mm-hmm. clients every day. I was at a point in my career when I wrote my first book, Body Love. My second book is also Body Love Every Day. So yeah, yeah. it's a little confusing, That's but it's my brand. And But what I was seeing when I was seeing clients and I, I still practice, I'm not seeing eight clients a day, but but when I was seeing so many clients, what I realized is a client could be a size zero or a client could be a size 16 and they could both equally despise their body, have things that they hated about their body. And what I realized is when they started taking care of themselves, maybe they decided to have a fat four smoothie. Maybe they were using the fat four. Maybe they just got a trainer. Maybe they started journaling, moving their body, deciding that they were going to meal prep, like little, little daily habits and, and things like action action is what created body love. Like Mm -hmm. they might not, their body might not even change, but they're getting all of the myokines, anti-inflammatory chemicals from working out. They're feeling really proud of themselves because they're grabbing the crudite they chopped up on Sunday instead of the chips. Like body love isn't something that we look in the mirror and say like, I love my body because I'm sorry, I have clients of every size and they have the same experience. And it is 100% about how are you showing yourself that you love your body? And that's what I try to explain in, in my books is that body love is action. Body love is taking time for self-care. It's not getting up and feeling shame after a meal out with friends. It's learning that celebrating is okay. You sort of touched on this, but like the Fab Four is just what I want you to put on your plate first, because it's the most nourishing nutrient dense foods that are going to provide your body what it needs. But if that meal also included a glass of red wine and a brownie that was served up at your dinner party, like that isn't a meal that you get up from and say like, I'm a horrible person. That's a meal that you get up from and say like, I I checked all my boxes. I had a little fun too. And I'm celebrating because this is a time to celebrate. When I talk a lot about that too, it's like, celebration should be celebrating you and the people close to you, not every occasion and national donut day, but like really knowing who you are and what you want to celebrate in your life. Yeah. And just, I think you brought up a really good point in knowing that it's like a lifestyle. It's not a diet. Right. And I had a, one of my, a a nutrition coach of mine a while back, first three letters of diet or die. You really feel like it's like death. And it's just from my own experience, you know, somebody who was the fat kid and lost a bunch of weight and got down to like super single digit body fat. And, and 
experimented with all these diets, I remember like I was more miserable when I was eating 100% clean than I have been eating 85 to 90%. And the reason I think that is because I'm like hiding in my car, eating chicken and broccoli. I'm traveling with like tilapia on a plane and I'm always, and then I'm like not able to go to certain birthday parties because I'm like, oh, I don't want to eat the cake. And then you, you realize what ends up happening because you're restricting yourself. You end up like binging, right? You end up like just depriving yourself so much. And it's not even like you want the food. It's like the shame of like feeling less than because you're like, how come I can't have this and everyone else can? And it wasn't really until like quite honestly that the nutrition, fitness, wellness became like part of my life and not my entire life that I was able to actually eat more consistently over time because I wasn't obsessing over it and I wasn't stressing myself out. And I think a lot of people, they make this mistake. I was actually talking to a friend about it the other day that they stress themselves out so much about what they're going to eat that it makes them eat worse because they're so stressed, right? I mean, do you see that with clients too? All the time. I can't even tell you how many times I sit down with clients and the first three questions I have for them are like, tell me what your goals are, you know, and there's always like body composition goals and energy goals or whatever, you know, ailments or disease state they're dealing with. Then it's like day in the life of them. And then like, what would a perfect day look like? And what I uncover a lot of the times is like, there are so many other things outside of food that they are unhappy with that what they think that they can't control. And so what they do is they spend all their time controlling their food and they put so much pressure on themselves that it almost explodes. And it's mm -hmm. like exactly what you're saying. It's like perfect or bust. And I can't tell you how many times bust happens. And it's like, oh, I'm going to start over on Monday and we get to Friday. And then it's like, we bust. And, and it's just because you've put way too much pressure on yourself. And I mean, I can think of a client that I absolutely like love and adore. She used to drive almost an hour and 15 minutes to her job that she didn't love so much. She was in marketing. She had a couple of kids that commute got made it so she couldn't work out. She couldn't meal prep. She couldn't take care of her family. And what she wanted to do was like, have a holistic healthy lifestyle and she was coming to me for advice on how to like feel her best and create a workout routine and eat clean and i looked at her at the end of our meeting and i was like this has nothing to do with me supporting you to like clean up your diet and work out this has everything to do with you feeling confident enough to find a new job closer to your home so you can create this life because we can't get anywhere when you're unhappy and commuting close to two and a half to three hours a day. Like you have to decide that these other things can change and that you can find joy in the mm. other parts of your life and substance in the other parts of your life. So you don't put all of your eggs in your food basket and your nutrition basket, because that's, that becomes so much pressure. And like I said, you bust. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's for me, it was eat 100% perfect or bust back in the day because I was an addict. And I was like, I knew for me, just in my own experience that when I didn't eat well, and I ate cheeseburgers and cheesesteaks and all that stuff, I was fat, I was miserable, I was incarcerated. And I knew that when I didn't do that, I felt good about myself. So like the even like the slightest temptation to eat anything bad, I was like, it, that's where my mind went. It was like the addict mentality was like, all right, well, if I eat a donut, that means I'm going to eat 10 donuts. But really, it's just like anything else. It was like, that was a fear of mine that I was, I was creating a, an expected outcome out of something that wasn't even real. And the more I actually started to veer off of my quote unquote plan and just try to like enjoy myself more, the happier I became. And the more I realized like I'm not that person anymore because I've changed everything else about my life. And the reason I'm bringing this up 
is because that do you want to be that person that's like sitting in your bathroom on a Friday night eating canned tuna and vegetables when you should probably be out with like your girlfriends or a group of guys or whatever it is enjoying yourself because that's just as good for your mental health as the nutrition is, right? Is being around other people and knowing that that's how you're able to build more confidence and control with yourself by going out into like the place of where it's challenging. It's challenging to probably eat the fab four at a restaurant. I mean, it's easy as a sense you can easily find like a piece of fish or steak or chicken or whatever, but the temptation is a lot more challenging because you're seeing all these pastas and you're seeing bread and all this stuff. But that's kind of how you grow is by being uncomfortable in those situations. So and talking about being uncomfortable, people probably look at you now and you you coach some of the most some of the most famous people in in our country, right? And A-list celebrities, and they think that you just probably started there and you got lucky and you're like, oh, like just one day I just landed upon this person or that person. And we all know it's not true. So talk about like what was the road like, like getting started in your business and how did you end up coming across some of these amazing people you work with? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will say, like I said in the beginning, Be Well by Kelly was a side hustle. It was mm. a side hustle. It was a passion project. I had a full-time career in cancer and genetics. I was managing a team. I had the eight West Coast states. Like I had a full-on career that I could have had until I was 60, 70, retired in it, right? It was, my parents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, why are you even thinking about leaving? So I did it out of passion and I shared science that I think people were I remember sharing a, a keto article on a wellness blog in 2014 and I had so much backlash, but I was just explaining the science of it and what was coming out in research. And so I always was of the idea that educating my clients on the science really empowered them and gave them motivation to make the mm. decisions they did instead of just blankly like telling them they had to eat one way or another. And so for me personally, it was building on the side and I was seeing lots of clients. The first half a dozen clients I saw for free it was just like fun. And, and that's how it starts and, too. Yeah. That's yeah. how it starts. You got to hustle, right? And do things for free and just out of passion. That's how things start. Yeah, go ahead. Right. And I said yes to everything. So yeah. every networking event in LA, I was like, yeah, sure. I'm going. Let's do it. <laughs> Pre-kids. Yeah. I'm like out there hustling. And it really was, they were long days, but they were, they were really happy days. Like when I mm. look back and people are like, you shouldn't be working. And I tell people this, you shouldn't be working 14 or 16 hour days. Like that's not going to work in the long run. But there are these times where you have growth and plateau, growth and plateau, growth and plateau. And I also look back at those times and think like, I opted to go to a networking event when what would I have been doing otherwise? Like maybe sitting on the couch with my husband and watching like a show on Netflix, you know, and I was like out with people and enjoying myself. And, and so, yeah, I said yes to a lot of things. I did a lot of things for free and I did have a sort of serendipitous run in. <laughs> I worked an event for free. It was like almost two years into this side hustle and I worked a target it was the launch of Honest Products at Target. And one of my friends ran the production company, so the party throwing company, and was like, hey, we're doing this wellness event. Do you want to come sit in a little furniture vignette and answer questions for people about their health and nutrition? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'll do, she's like, we don't have any budget left, but it's going to be a lot of bloggers. So you may, you know, get a client that has a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram and they might talk about their experience mm -hmm. and that can help you grow your following. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. Okay, I'll do it. And so I went and the signage was horrible. No one knew I, went, I was there. They just thought I was like sitting in a little like seat in the corner of this backyard oh. of this like Hollywood party by myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the party like went on and on and on and the, they 
ultimately said like, why don't you go stand by the food and tell people about the nutrition and the food? So I jumped up and I ran over there and I was like, oh, there's vitamin K and these leafy greens and you're getting omega-3s in the salmon if you add that to your macro bowl. And I remember one of the bloggers looked up at me and she was like, are you with the caterer? And I was like, no, <laughs> you know? So anyways, I plopped down in my seat at the end and this cute little like redhead girl came and sat down and she was eating her little macro bowl. And she's like, why are you here? I was like, actually funny. You should ask, like, I'm actually here to be like a part of this event. I'm giving mini nutrition sessions and teaching people a little bit about how to fuel their body. And she talked about a couple of things that she was dealing with, just some swelling and inflammation in her hands. She had cut out all the big offenders, mm. eggs and gluten and dairy and soy. And I was like, that's funny because nightshades are highly connected to like swelling of joints and rheumatoid arthritis and things like that. So I know you've done a lot already, like that could be something you could check out and here's my card and like email me if you have questions or whatever. And so two weeks later, she was like, I really want to sit down with you. Like I've had a major decrease in all my inflammation after cutting out like tomatoes and, and peppers and whatever. So I went and met with her. It turns out she's Jessica Alba's junior high best friend and her makeup mm. artist. Wow. And, uh, and then a couple weeks after that meeting, I got a random email that was like, hey, Cal, Jess wants meet my soul sister, Jessica Alba. She wants to sit down with you and talk about nutrition. She wants to have you over to her house to like look in her cabinets and chat about getting ready for like another launch. And I was like, this is crazy. So meet my soul <laughs> sister and you're like, oh my gosh, like my life might have just changed because that's kind of how it starts, right? It just starts with like one big land as a client and then that can correlate and there's so much more business because it's just the fact that you put yourself in that position right like you i mean people who are listening to this need to remember that you decided to go to this free networking event you could have easily after someone was like are you with the caterer you could have been like you know what screw this i'm leaving like they don't, <laughs> yeah. they don't even know i'm here like what i'm, what I'm here for yeah. and then you engage in a conversation you offered up some some advice pro bono to this person and then she's like you know what i got so much value out of talking to you like I'm going to do you a solid and introduce you to Jessica Alba. So on that note, like so many people, they see whether it's Jessica or any other celebrities that just look absolutely stunning and amazing. And they think like, wow, like it must be nice to have a chef, must be nice to have a nutritionist, but they don't see all the work that they put into, that goes into it. So talk a bit about like, just so I can relate back to like, just everyday people, like what it really takes on their end to look the way they do. We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Bobst. Again, EarthEchoFoods.com forward slash Doug Bopes. Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. Oh, it's a full-time job. I mean, yeah. they are the busiest people on the planet. You think you're busy with your <laughs> nine to five job? I mean, they have 
photo shoots, they have families, they have businesses. And most of my clients not only have like time on television and they're working actors, but they also have these businesses that they've involved themselves with. You look at Jennifer Garner and she works with No Kid Hungry and she works with a baby food company and she has like major spokesmanship deals. Plus she has her kids and she like makes food for them. You know, she takes care of her children and Jess is the same way. You look at them and she has a television show right now. She has her hands in a bunch of small businesses. She's like an advisor, an entrepreneur, obviously running honest. And then she has three kids and her whole family life on top of that. And to look at them and say like, oh, they look great. Well, yeah, they their first workout's probably starting at like five, five thirty in the morning. Are you up then? Like, Like they just, they really... They put the time in and obviously they have the motivation to do that because they're going to be on screen. And so that's another thing that I talk about with clients is like, is your job to look good? Like, cause sometimes they'll say like, I want to look like this person you've worked with or that person you've worked with. And it's a very hard life for them because they're on camera and then they're getting to see preview shots of like, okay, this is this scene or that scene and talk about just looking in the mirror and saying like, I don't love this or that. Like, looking on film and saying like, wow, okay, I need to work on this or work on that. They're the hardest on themselves because they're not only are they putting themselves out there, but the whole world is looking at them. And that's a lot of pressure, whether it's like from paparazzis to TV shows to movies, like it's way more pressure than you can even ever imagine. And I am actually really lucky because I feel like my clientele is so down to earth and wholesome and they give back. And I just, I don't know how I got so lucky with the clients that I have really passionate people, but my goal is to try and support them, to help them love their body, to get them consistent, to help them when they're filming and when they're not filming so that they can really feel their best. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like, I believe a lot in the law of attraction. It seems like you're very passionate about what you do and just a helper and a giver and want to make sure that your clients see results. So you're going to attract the people in your world that want the same thing that are passionate about their health that make your job. I mean, not easy, but like easy ish, just because they kind of will do what you say or that you kind of like, they they trust you, you have that like personal relationship with them and you're right. It is a full-time job. I mean, I remember I had a client too. This is when I first started training. He literally like pulled out his phone, pulled up Instagram and was like, I want to look like this. And it was like a, a model, a guy. And I was like, why? I'm like, why do you want to look like, I mean, I'm like, why? Like, are you going to be like on a, I mean, are you going to be posing outside of a store? Are you going to be on the cover of a magazine? Like, what are your, what are your goals? And and there's nothing wrong with being ripped. Like I, I'm, I keep myself pretty lean myself and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying like, but what's the purpose behind it? Is it because you want to look like somebody who's not you? Is it because you want to prove yourself that you could do something you didn't think you could? Like, what's the meaning behind it? And I think a lot of people that get on celebrities about, the fact they have all this money and they can afford nutritionists and chefs. But I remember like last, was it last year? I don't Mark Wahlberg posted up his schedule, his work, his schedule. And he gets up at like four in the morning and like, people were like, Oh my God, I can't believe he does that. And I'm like, you're damn right. He does that. He's got a family. He's got like businesses. He's got, he's acting. He's like trying to hustle. Like, of course he has, when else is he going to do it? Yeah. And, and people don't see that. And when they do see that, I think it opens up people's eyes to be like, wow, like, this is hard work. It's not just a matter of like stroking a check for to a nutritionist, to a chef, to a massage therapist. It's like, no, they got to put the work in. Like it doesn't. Yeah. And it's really interesting because we're in this place where body love is and like self-love is in an interesting time 
we do want to embrace our body, the curves we have, but we don't want to look down on people for bringing in support and help. Mm. That's one of the things that I tell my clients to do all the time. Like if you can't get it together and you're feeling unmotivated, you need to find a trigger, whether that's Mm. putting your shoes by the door or hiring a trainer, whether that's getting meal delivery for a month just to get in the habit of eating clean, like whatever is something that's going to trigger a behavior change and make it easier for you to create a new habit so that it's, it's, something that you can move forward with and make sustainable because a lot of times it's that first like few days, those first few weeks and getting consistent with something. And then all of a sudden it feels easy, but it's that period of time when it's hard. And I think no one's giving any of these people a hard time for getting acting coaches and business coaches and life coaches and people coming into your home and organizing it for you or having a like a secretary or a personal assistant, like no one's giving anyone a hard time for that. But then the minute it's about their vanity and the way that they look or having an effect on the way that they look, forget that they're going to feel better, sleep better, function better in their careers. Like it is something that people look down upon or can judge. And I just always try to explain to my clients that the best of the best get help because they want consistency. And if they have too many things, balls in the air, then these people are triggers for them to create consistency. And if you're looking for consistency in your life, you need to figure out a way, even if it's an affordable way, like a workout buddy to make it happen, you got to do it. Yeah. And I think the one thing I want to follow up on with what you said is they don't get on them for having the acting coach or the business coach or speaking coach it's the nutritionist, it's the chef, it's the trainer. Why? Because they know they should be doing something like that too. Right. And we get envious. I think of sometimes when people have, yeah, of of what they have that we don't. And I know for me, something's been a game changer is I know we both know Anya Fernald of Belcampo. I was like ordering Belcampo, having Belcampo like shipped to my, to my place, especially during this pandemic and everything. It's been a game changer for me. Like as far as just having to like save me time going and picking out meat at the store or chicken or whatever it is, just getting it all shipped here. And I've been a trainer now for almost, like I said, 10 years and I'm doing that. And even investing in other coaching programs, because I know like for me to be on point, like I got to have somebody who holds me accountable. And so This is like a perfect segue because I know for you, like so many people are like, well, I can't afford to hire somebody like Kelly. I can't afford to work with somebody who works with that kind of clientele, but you can. You have some coaching programs that you have some courses, right? There's a fab four and I believe, and congratulations on the baby. You got a fab for (laughs) for pregnancy too, right? So like talk a a bit about your courses, like what they entail and uh, what people can expect to get out of them. Yeah. I mean, well, I feel like I've offered a variety of price points for people to start to learn about nutrition and I'm really trying to make nutrition accessible. So I have my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. I mean, that's less than a $20 investment. And if you take the time to read it, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom when it comes to like (laughs) understanding your biology in a very simplified way. And then for people who don't have the time to read a book, I have video courses, which is basically like my version of the cliff notes on how to eat and fuel your body to prevent diabetes, gestational diabetes, prevent nutritional deficiencies, really like feel your best and energized and understand blood sugar. Like that's really important for me. So the fab four fundamentals is like all of the science that I share in my books. And then the fab four pregnancy is all about how I'm using the fab four throughout my pregnancy to main an appropriate amount of weight gain. I think that that's really a touchy subject for women when they're pregnant. No one wants to turn around and have gained a hundred pounds in a year, the 10 months of gestation, plus like those first few months of breastfeeding and sleep being sleep deprived and really hungry. Like it, 
and people don't really know like what does baby need. So I went into the research and I looked at like the most nutritional deficiencies for pregnant women and what really affects your child's DNA and their IQ and their microbiome and really just like what do we need to build a human from scratch. <laughs> so I'm giving there's a lot of nutritional just like nutrient density and nutrition information in that course and it's these courses are 10 to 15 videos long and they have downloadable PDFs. Fab for Fundamentals is about a 50 page PDF and the, the Fab for Pregnancy is like now over 100 pages of information. So it's like, it's a lot, but it's also really accessible. And if you want to do it on your own and you're self-motivated, like start with the book, start with the courses. Yes, you can schedule an appointment with me and I see clients one-on-one, -on -one, but it, it is about getting consistent. So whatever you need to do to, to really get consistent, it's important. Yeah, because like, I think just like anything, one appointment with you isn't going to completely like make you do these simple habits that need to be done for the next decade or whatever it is. I mean, it might catapult you, but you still have to do the work yourself. You got to be self-motivated. And talking about your book, I bought Body Love every day. And I was telling you before we recorded that I was really impressed with, you tackled one of the things that is probably the most common question I get. I'm sure you get it a lot too, is how do you eat healthy on the run? Like, and it's like, there's so many different reasons not to eat healthy, whether you're in a hotel, you're always traveling, you're in an airport. So talk a bit about like, what are some, what are like, th like the three top things, if you could say that you advise your clients or just the general public on how to eat when they're on the run? Yeah, I think the most important thing that you can do is start your day right. Because when mm -hmm. you, people run out, they're in a hotel and there's a Starbucks in their hotel or like they're going to go grab something quick. Well, the biggest mistake they can make is to start with starchy acellular carbohydrates, meaning like a muffin, a pancake, a piece of toast. What that's going to do is going to dysregulate blood sugar, elevate hunger hormones, and really make you have stronger cravings throughout the rest of your day. So your chances of feeling full and satisfying, having a balanced blood sugar curve, and being able to easily and naturally make healthy decisions goes down. So that's really super important. When it comes to traveling and being on the go, for me, one of the best tools that you can do is look at where your hotel is in relation mm. to some of my favorite places. So for me, I don't pick my favorite hotel because I love the interior design of it. I pick my favorite hotel because like, for example, in New York, when Who Kitchen was open, I'm like, I would stay in, in that side of town, like Greenwich Village or wherever, like right there to be able to walk there or Union Square, like knowing where, okay, th there are three healthy little restaurants and like, I could easily grab a smoothie here for breakfast. Just just vicinity and like knowing what's in your area is super, super, super important. And then if there's any type of like national chains, like another good example, it's a lot easier to travel to New York or big cities in the United States because a lot of your favorite studios are available, whether that's you're an Equinox member and you can go to another Equinox or you are going to sign up for a soul cycle class or you're going to move your body via yoga at like your favorite national studio. I mean, there are so many opportunities to like continue to have a little bit of your normal life. And I think people get really excited about like, oh, I'm going to work out every single day. And it's the same way that I advise them on food. It's not about being perfect. It's about just scheduling one workout. I'm like, hey, look, you land on Monday. Can you try for Tuesday morning? Just schedule one, one workout. And I just want you to commit to one. And that's the thing is like people try to commit to like a week or being perfect or having it all figured out. And then that's a lot of stress because you're not thinking about one decision. You're literally thinking about the whole entire week and trying to make it dialed in and perfect instead of 
doing one thing, feeling really stoked on yourself, allowing that dopamine hit in your brain to create another active, another action. So it, it's instead of control, it's about using a positive experience mm. to motivate you to create, create more positive experiences. Yeah, that dopamine, huh? I actually, again, another person I know we both know is Andrew Huberman. We, I had him, he was a guest on the show, super amazing, incredible guy. And he talks about dopamine, right? And that's like, yeah, he was my first, he was my first guest on the Be Well by Kelly podcast because I just have been obsessed with his science for like three or four years. We met at a mind body reading conference four years ago before I was even had my first son. And I'm just, I mean, he's the bee's knees for sure. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He's like one of the smartest people I've ever met. And he, he makes it so digestible and relatable, kind of like what you do. And, and so with that being said, the whole traveling thing, one thing that's helped me in the past is traveling with supplements and making sure that I have a good quality protein powder, making sure I have my fish oil or whatever it is I'm traveling with. And supplements are a big thing these days. And I, I try to advise my clients to the best of my ability to do their research on what they're buying because just because they're buying a protein powder doesn't mean that they're actually getting that protein powder. There's so much crap in there. And I know for you, you've launched um, your own protein powder that's super clean. It's got grass-fed whey in it. It's like, no? Almost. Almost. I'm even better than gra grass. Grass-fed gra beef protein. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. It's, it's okay. It's totally uh, cool. I think I can't tell you how many times people DM me and they're like, hey, I have a dairy allergy. I don't think I can have your protein. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's so confusing, but let me break it down for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So gra grass-fed beef protein, right? And I've actually, I don't think I've ever taken a grass-fed beef protein. I'll get either. you some. Okay. I, so like, talk about like, what was the inspiration behind that? Like what else besides the, the grass fed beef is in it? And like, how is it different than like your traditional like GNC vitamin shop branded protein powders? Uh, okay. So I'm a, I'm a diva. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm really particular about protein powder because I've been talking about drinking fat for smoothies, starting your day with 20 to 30 grams of protein, getting muscle synthesis, regulating hunger hormones, supporting blood sugar balance. Like the Fabverse smoothies, just having a smoothie for breakfast is one of the easiest ways that mm. my female clients and my male clients can really start their day right and feel full and satisfied so they make better choices. So it's a tool. It's not for everybody. Like a protein shake is not for everybody, but I'm obsessed with it. It helped me maintain like an appropriate amount of weight throughout both of my pregnancies. Like it's helped me and so many of my clients get ready for movie roles, you name it. So anyways, Everyone had always said, like, you should come out with the protein powder. Come out with the protein powder. And I wanted to be really inclusive to everyone. So I actually purchased an organic pea protein because I'm like, this is great. Like, vegans and vegetarians can use it. And, you know, anyone can use it. And then what I realized when I was pregnant is that I didn't want to use a plant-based protein because they're just better. Plants are better at sequestering heavy metals from the soil into the plant. So it doesn't matter if you're buying sweet potato or squash at organic farmer's market. There are going to be trace amounts of heavy metals because plants, whether they're like tubers or grains or beans, they're really good at sucking these, these heavy metals from the ground. So I wanted it to be something that was filtered by an animal. And people don't really think about that. But like, if an animal eats something, it's filtering that for you. It's doing the dirty work. And I love collagen because I don't think we get enough collagen. We don't eat nose to tail. And what I ended up doing was I bought pea protein, then I liquidated it and I waited and waited and waited. And I've been talking about Fab Horse smoothies for 
over eight years now. I mean, like this is, it's been a long go. And so what I found was a Swedish regenerative grass-fed farm. So it's in Sweden and these animals, it's like making bone broth. It's bones and beef and they stew it down and they skim the fat and they dehydrate it. So it's a chemical-free extraction process and you get all of your branch chain amino acids, every single essential amino acid and all of your collagen amino acids in one clean process. So I'm super, super stoked on it. And then what I also see is like GNC, Whole Foods, it doesn't really matter where you go. People are fortifying the heck out of their protein powders. They're like, we'll just add some B vitamins and probiotics and some prebiotics. And then I turn the bottles around and the jugs around and they're using the improper form if someone has an MTHFR mutation. They are using too much or too little. It's really just marketing or let's also consider the fact that we don't know where these sources are coming from. So I'd much rather someone build a whole food smoothie with a protein powder. So I have an unflavored beef isolate. Then I have a chocolate, which is made with organic monk fruit and organic cacao. So really easy to knock my protein powder off. <laughs> vanilla or chocolate, it's three ingredients. The vanilla is just organic vanilla powder, organic monk fruit. Monk fruit is a little less bitter than stevia. It has more of that sugar taste, but it's not going to have an effect on your blood sugar. So I'm so, so proud of them. I agree with you so like 150% because I was the guy, and I'm not going to name any names of companies I used to use. I don't want to bash any companies, but I was the guy who would buy like whatever I saw in the latest muscle and fitness magazine or whatever sure. was on sale just because it was like, at least I'm getting protein. But what I found was I stopped drinking a lot of protein powder because it made my stomach like a mess. And I'd start itching at night. I would like get like, like these bumps all over my body. And I was like, you know, what is this? And I never had like a lactose issue as a kid. Right. But I would remember just like doing a lot more research and digging into like what was actually in those proteins. And, and I remember like looking at the label and I was like, wow, this looks like a science experiment. Like, yeah. I'm like I didn't ace chemistry. So I don't really know like what any of this stuff is. And I remember just trying out, like, I think it was maybe like thorn or one of the high end like proteins, like back in the day. And I remember taking it. And I was like, wow, like I don't feel like crap. Like I honestly, there's so much merit to, the simple ingredients, right? I think like the way you, you look at your protein powder is the way you should look at any other part of your nutrition. It's like how many ingredients are in the food? And I could talk about this for days, but so many people, they take, if you think about what, if they're going like a high-end vacation or they're going to buy like a nice new car, they'll take months to research the car. They'll take months to plan it out. But yet when they're ingesting something in their body, it's like a 10 second decision sometimes of what's on sale mm -hmm. at the store, right? And I'm like, God, you got it so backwards. And I'm not saying you need to be like a, you know, a zealot about it and be like super crazy, but this is your life and this is like your health. And if you're wanting to be able to be at the top when it comes to your energy and you want to be healthy on your vacations, like you got to start like putting stuff into your body that, that replicates that. So for like the average person, are there any ingredients that if you look on a label on a protein, if you see it, you should definitely like stay away from that. Like if, for the average person, if you're like, all right, like, I'm trying to get some protein powder. Like now maybe I can't get your brand. Like what are some ingredients to definitely stay away from? Well, I advise my clients to steer away from anything with added sugars. Mm. So you're looking for things like dextrose. If it ends with OSE, o -S -E, we steer clear of that. That's going to have an effect on your blood sugar. And there was this old theory that you had to have carbohydrates to spike insulin with mm. your protein so that your muscle cells would accept uh, delivery of 
amino acids and heal and like you'd have better recovery. But what we know now is that after a workout, your muscles are so insulin sensitive, they're so hungry, and you have also freed up glucose from your liver. So your glycogen is converted to glucose and dropped into your bloodstream for that workout. So you are, you do have the insulin that your body needs and your cells, your muscle cells are ready to accept amino acids. So there's no need to be adding carbohydrates and sugar to get this like major muscle pump. Right. A lot of times when I see clients or have worked with specific clients, I know they're doing too many protein shakes because you're just like, and they're maybe using the wrong protein because they look puffy. Like they think they look swollen, but they have like very little muscle definition. They just look like big. And so I worry about the sugar intake there and like the fake sugars. I think I have a couple pages in my book, Body Love Every Day, about picking a protein powder. It should be less than five ingredients. It should be a protein or a protein, minimal protein blend. Like if you're plant-based, that might be pea and pumpkin seed. But for the most part, it's about the source of the protein, making sure that it's minimal, clean, and giving your body what you need at about 20 grams or more. Then you want a flavor. So organic vanilla, organic cacao. I think where we get where things get a little bit shady is when it's like uh, strawberry banana flavoring. And you're like, what is that? What even is that? Like yeah. if it says organic vanilla, organic cacao, organic Arabic, like uh, organic coffee, organic peanut butter powder, like, okay, there are certain food-based flavors that you can say, this is exactly what it is. But sometimes when it's like peach flavoring, you're like, great. <laughs> what's that? What's that? Create peach flavor by adding a peach to your smoothie. Like you don't need these fake flavors. And then all the fillers and additives, I think people get really excited. Like I said about added vitamins, nutrients, probiotics, prebiotics. You don't know how they were fermented. You don't know where they're coming from. I think one of the greatest examples is like when people do, there's like fermented plant-based proteins out there. The only source I could find is not, is abroad. It's in Asia. It's not even in the United States. It's not at a pharmaceutical grade facility. Testing requirements and just cutoffs and thresholds are completely different. So for me, it's like traceability and minimal. I'm a minimalist, like with my supplementation in general and definitely with protein powder. Yeah. And like you bring up, you know, something that I think people can, anybody can take away from is just really taking the time to look at like what's in it and knowing that sometimes if they have like a blueberry flavor or a peach flavor, you can put that in yourself and then you know where it's coming from. Right. One of the things I do that I I know you love to do is put avocado in my smoothies. Like I love to, it thickens it up so much. It's so easy to like, instead of like figuring out like, how how am I going to eat this avocado today? Like, am I going to put it in a salad? Am I going to, eat it with like some sea salt or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna throw it in a smoothie. It's, it takes the guessing out of it, right? And- it Makes it like ice cream. Yeah, I know, it makes it so thick and creamy. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's delicious. And one of the powders that I recognized actually when in your book was Tara's Way, I think, which yeah. I used to use back in the day as well. And again, like some of these powders, like they taste good, but they might not be like your GNC or vitamin brand tasting because there's not a lot of added sugar. There's not a lot of crap. And again, it's like, that's what it comes back to. So if you really want to look a certain way or feel a certain way, I think there's some things that you got to kind of let go of and just know that you can take a protein powder that doesn't have the best flavor itself and add in whatever you want to make it taste better. So outside of like the, the protein powder, is there any like few supplements that you recommend to your clients like that bar none they should take? Is it probiotics? Is it fish oil? Like, what is it? Yeah. So my basics, you named a couple of them. So my basics would be a, like a daily multivitamin that has methylated B vitamins. So Mm. that's really important to me. I think a lot of people are using, they'll just grab a 
multivitamin anywhere. They don't do their research and it's not methylated in the correct form. So a methylated B vitamin, fish oil. So I love like an omega-3 EPA and DHA. If you're vegan or vegetarian, I recommend algae oil because that's the long chain omegas. The short chain omegas from flax and all of that is not going to be converted and give you those anti-inflammatory benefits. And then I take a D3K2 in like a drop form from Now Foods that I love. It's super easy. So those are like the basics to make sure that I'm getting fat-soluble vitamins, water-soluble vitamins like Bs and Cs and all that, and an omega. And then I take a probiotic. So I take seed probiotics. They have phenomenal research and I'm just like really impressed with everything that they're doing. They're, they have some clinical trials going on that are, is showing that their probiotics can affect cholesterol and all kinds of things. So it's just really, really good stuff. And then magnesium at night. So that's five. Really simple. So I normally take my magnesium and my omega-3s at night, and then I take mm. the rest in the morning. Now, is it a specific type of magnesium that you take? I mean, there's like a million different types. Is it, do you take it in a capsule? Do you take it in a powder? Like, do you put it in a smoothie? Like, how do you do that? I do magnesium biglycinate and it's actually a blend from Mind Body Green. It's called mm. Mag Plus. And it also has, I take it at night because they do a blend with GABA. So if any of my clients have ever been stuck taking melatonin or sleep medication, I really try to transition them to this. It's the best magnesium for sleep because of the pairing with GABA. It's just a neurotransmitter mm. that is shown in research to really support sleep. So that's why I take it at night. If I wasn't taking it at night, I'd be open to taking it other times throughout the day. If someone has more of like a constipation issue or wants to do powder form, I think natural calm is a phenomenal option. And that's just powder into water, mix it up and drink it before bed. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many people that are magnesium deficient as it is just because we're not getting a lot of those minerals either from food or we're not getting it from like the water. It's I think not, it's, yeah. The, it's not in the soil either. Yeah. <laughs> we have to kind of get it from, from somewhere. And and I think like you touched on so many amazing points throughout the interview. And I think the one consistent thing is that you have to do kind of what works for you, do your own research and be consistent with whatever you're doing. And I think that out of all the approaches that I've ever heard, like yours definitely is, is one of the ones that makes the most sense because it's just simple. It's four things, right? It's your protein, it's your fiber, it's your greens, and it's your healthy fats. And you leave some wiggle room for people to have some fun too, so that they're not like shaming themselves for skipping out on that birthday cake or shaming themselves for not having that glass of wine or whatever it is. So the last question I want to ask is, I want to imagine like you're the 17, 18 year old Kelly and you have this vision and you're like, all right, I'm going to go into school for business. I kind of, you, you had no idea you were going to go into the health and wellness like field that you're in now. Like what kind of advice are you giving her if she's like, feeling that like lack of uncertainty and hope with where she's going. I would, instead of telling her to go with what is comfortable and go with like a, something that's going to create like an amazing career. Like I was really focused on, oh my goodness, I'm going to be cut off. And like, mm. what job is going to give me the stability that I want and the paycheck that I want and the flexibility that I want. And instead, if I looked at my life and said, what am I passionate about right now? Like, what do I really want? And I think I was living, I had fun in high school. I was like in ASD and Christian leadership and on my soccer team and just kind of having a good time as a high schooler was what the, what you should do. But 
I don't think there were many moments where my parents or my counselors or anyone really sat me down and said, like, what is your favorite class? Like, what do you read about? What are you excited about? Because even all through high school, all I got in the mail was women's health and self and shape magazine. Yeah. And I would circle like the little scientific tips about like drinking half your body weight in ounces. And so silly that I didn't actually think that I could have a career in that. And I think what we see is people having these traditional careers. I'm really, really excited for the younger generations because it's the wild, wild west. People can be YouTubers, influencers, like you TikTokers, like yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like you never know what's coming to the pipe next. And the way that our nation is evolving, and um, there are so many opportunities to take what you're really passionate about and make it a career and have a give back arm and have be following your dreams. Just don't think that you can't create an industry or create a brand or create a business in something that you don't see other people doing. That's just opportunity. Mm. That's amazing advice. And you're right. Like the tides are shifting, right? It's like people should be investing more in like skills and how they can gain knowledge versus like going to college. Not to say you shouldn't go to college. I'm not going to say that, but I mean, look at why you're going. Like if you're going to go to be in the medical school, you want to be an attorney or I mean, I know it's funny. I mean, we won't go down this rabbit hole, but it's funny that your husband was an attorney and then he started his side hustle, right? <laughs> so I think that's awesome. But like with that being said, like the world is, is, is a place right now where you can become anything you want if you want it bad enough. And I appreciate, you know, everything you shared on the show about some of the hardships you went through just as building your business and how you had to put yourself out there and volunteer and do things for free because everybody thinks that, oh, like somebody works with, so-and-so clients, they're, they're in LA and they're living this sweet lifestyle that they just were like handed that. And I think, yeah. I hopefully now more people than not are like noticing that that's not the way it is, that people actually have to work for what they have for the most part, right? Yeah. And, and I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability. So where can people find out more about you if they want to either read your books, if they want to get the protein powder, follow you on social media, like where can people do that? Yeah. So all my social handles are at Be Well by Kelly. I even got a Peloton during quarantine and I'm be Well by Kelly there if you want to come ride. <laughs> so everything's Be Well by Kelly everywhere. My website is kellylevesque.com. I have my protein powder there and on Amazon. My books are on Amazon or all where all books are sold. Amazing. And then you have your cooking, was it cooking spices or you have your spices too that are in Williams and Sonoma? Is that yeah, the, I have still there? Some, yeah, I have some collaborations with companies. I created a nut butter line for Wild Friends, which are fiber oh, and oh, fat love, heavy nut butters. I love their sunflower honey. I think the, is that yeah. them? Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so a good, good one. And then I have a functional line of rubs at Williams Sonoma that include things like dehydrated kale and spinach and beet powder. So just like elevating your everyday spices yeah I have like I invested in a, a deodorant company called Hume so it's like honestly the best natural deodorant company without aluminum and triclosan and a bunch of phthalates like I'm obsessed with it so there's a lot of fun things that I've kind of have been dabbling in and have my hands in right now and it's it's making life fun I'm really excited about it I know right the hustle is real and it just seems like you're not only hustling you're kind of aligned with your purpose and your vision like and, and you're super passionate about it which is incredibly inspiring so once again, I really wanted to thank you for coming on. And for those who are listening, Kelly provided a ton of amazing free advice on here on how to really overhaul your own nutrition, overhaul your wellness, and kind of build a solid foundation for yourself on how you can kind of you know pivot into a way where you're eating more sustainably 
and not only sustainable for you, but for like your family and how to really prepare like what you're doing in a way that you're able to enjoy yourself and be around your friends and be around coworkers and have some fun along the way and not be too hard on yourself with trying to restrict yourself from like eating like foods that you're being told that you can't have. And so all that we ask is that you share the episode because I think so many people are going to get a lot out of it right now, I believe is one of the toughest times we're in as far as our mental health, as far as wellness, because there's so many fad diets out there. There's so much information and what Kelly provided here, it's short, simple to the point. And I think people are going to get a lot out of it. So you know, once again, I appreciate y'all listening, or if you're watching this on YouTube or on Facebook, it's much appreciated. And once again, you're listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobst, and we will see you next time.